and he sends me this like YouTube thing and I'm like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> and he's like it's this guy so long story short like to my understanding Bob Log 3 is this bluegrass space cadet yes and he was like, you have to have Cassidy tell you the story. I mean, you can tell me whatever you want, but that was one of them. Yeah. That he, was one of he them. He also was like, you gotta, when you talk to Lauren, you gotta, you gotta tell the story. And I was actually thinking about the best concerts that I've ever seen. And like this one right. <laughs> was it. So I had never, I mean, have you heard any of Bob Log the Third? Kind song? of. There's one. Not- I'm not like looking for it. You know I mean? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not searching far and wide. I wouldn't say sure. it's far from noise music. It's a little. So it is bluegrassy space electronic, but it's also yeah. He looked like Daft Punk who gave up. Yes, it's like retired. It's like if Billy Bob Thornton was a member of um, Daft Punk. Then that was the goal. That, that's why he came up with the name. I don't know, but that's, that's what the it impression. Looks like. Yeah, that's what and it so the like. only thing I knew dude. about. Actually, it's really all... So John sent me this song a few weeks before the concert and was like, oh, well, check out this song. And the song was called Boob Scotch. And the only intelligible line... Boom Scotch. No, boob. Boob, boob. Scotch. Boob yeah, Scotch. like breasty Scotch. Breasty Scotch. And the only scotch, intelligible scotch, line scotch, from scotch. the entire song... It's like this really cranky banjo-y, like ripping on the chords. Like it's definitely like old man around a campfire who like forgot how to play the banjo oh kind of noise mute. It's like ugly banjo. Right. And the only thing you can hear is this is the line that's like, Hey man, you put your boob in my scotch. And it's like <laughs> it makes that's no the sense. Lyric? That's the lyric. Are you this man makes no, and then the rest of it is just completely unintelligible. No. And so lo and behold, I like find the song. I'm titillated by it. I think it's just the funniest. I just think it's a good song. It's just good because it's so weird. And good like, in what way though? Like why? It's good because it's like I I've never heard of a song about it, and I feel like it was self-aware of how bad it was. <laughs> And, like, I feel like Bob Log the Third's M.O. is that he is a tired spaceman who should have been in Daft Punk but never quite made it there. So the right. best he can do is, like, maybe shoot for Austin, Texas, hope to sell 12 tickets, and perform at Empire. Right. Um, and, like, that's his highlight of his, his career. MR. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's, like, what... He, like, hosted this, like, I looked at Empire's website, and they had Bob Log the Third, and we were like, we have to go. So, that It was at was Empire like, Control. Yeah, it was at Empire oh, Control. Yeah, Empire had Bob Log the Third. Dude, Empire, for all the music venues that are going down in Austin, like, sinking permanently, Empire was so fantastic because they figured out that they could do the whole metal thing. Yeah. And like in the in the last podcast I, I went raving about Empire Control Room and I'm still raving because of shit like that. <laughs> I know. So was it sold out? Was it a completely sold out show? So I think in terms of like a Bob Log show, I would call it sold out. Really? But there was a total of I would say fifteen people there. No shit. So it was probably like more people than I expected to be there, right. but no, by no means was it sold out. It was almost completely empty. I believe so it. So there I was also so. some communication 
about like arrival time. So we arrived at different times. I am still a noob. I'm like totally, I so uh, the concert was at like, it said 8 p.m. But that just means like the openers. That means I'm the door opens yeah, at 8 no. That's what that means. And Bob Log had like three openers. Of course he did. So I arrived at 8 p.m. But he was not going on until like 11 or 11.30 right. p.m. So right. I- How many years ago was this? This was two, a year and a half ago maybe. Oh, it's not bad. Yeah. And so I was there by myself for an hour and a half right. watching Halloween, the, the movie that the they mo were projecting in a different room and just getting like sloshed on vodka sodas and waiting. They for were showing Halloween in another room. They were showing Halloween in the at venue. sidebar. At, at sidebar. <laughs> sidebar yeah. right next door. Yeah, so I was like, if I'm here three hours early to a Bob Log concert, I'm not going to be sober for it. Right. So I, I was in the next bar getting slashed. And then by the time like 1130 rolls around, I'm not even, I'm like, I, I'm like ready for the Bob Log concert. So I roll up, John rolls up, we both walk in. It's 15 people. It's Bob Log on the stage, full gold. I think it was velvet suit with a with a um, space helmet, and the front of it was a um, a telephone. So he didn't have like an opening for his mouth. It was a telephone, where like the, he would breathe into a telephone. Yeah, yeah, and that was like his microphone as well. It was this... It was like, what, stapled to his head? Yeah, it was like you put the telephone back into the to the astronaut hood. It was... Um, was it like a mobile phone, like from the 80s? It or? had a cord and it connected to the hood. So it was like... You, it crazy. was insane. And so... And I don't know how he saw Because Empire was pitch black. Right. He was wearing a space helmet. And a velvet suit. And a velvet suit. That sounds hot. It was so hot. Hot. But it was during and the And I don't mean time. hot, like, sexually. I mean, like, temperature-wise. So the thing is, though, Bob Locke Third kind of was very sexual. Like, part what? of... It was, like, two tones. So... <laughs> so, like, throughout the concert, in the back... In the back of him is... He has no other... It's just Bob Locke, a microphone, and Bob Locke's guitar. And the only, like set that he has is a projector that is just projecting like nature nature scenes behind him but also a little bit of like yeah but electric. doesn't empire do that they project weird shit onto the screen yeah. behind the band yes i was wondering though if bob log had a say in what went behind him no shit because it was like some weird there's this shia LaBeouf music video with like some icelandic band where at one scene they're in a car and they're all on shrooms and they're like like floating in the car and the background is just like underneath water mm. with like flashing lights right. and i feel like that's the vibe that bob log the third was going for so uh, what he, it starts and like you cannot due to the microphone situation and uh bob logs intoxication you can't understand like a the guy's word. drunk he was definitely thing. i think he was drunk and you just can't understand him it's like completely unintelligible but also kind of amazing like his music is not made to be interpreted it was just noise it was also like a community of 15 people 
that were there. all knew each other for this fucking thing. That all, like, no. yeah, we all came together. No. It was, like, this weird moment no where, way. like, you know you're into that, like, weird niche book, and you, Oof. like, find a book club. Oh, uh, no. And you all come together and share this, like, one weird... Like, like math core. Yeah. You know about math core? It was just like that. Yeah. Math core. And we were all there because we were like, who is Bob the Third? And what is, what is this concert going to be? And I think all of us were, like, in the mindset that, like, whatever happened, we were going to just, like, let it wash over us. Oh so at one point, everyone's getting really into it. Bob Locke's drunk. Everybody's drunk. He invites people on the stage to sit on him while he's playing the guitar. So he has, like, one leg out. And he ins- invites everyone to come. And he gives them his cell phone to take a selfie with him while he's he's playing the music and then at some point i don't know how this happened but someone throws an inflatable um raft into the crowd and it takes all 15 of us to hold it up this what was it like a unicorn or a taco it was like it was an actual like raft device so it wasn't a it wasn't like a what like grand rapids rafting yeah 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 like a full-on like if you're going whitewater rapids like level five they threw that into the audience i don't know how it got there i think it was bob i think bob got someone to throw this because then he immediately like without hesitation while playing the guitar backwards jumped onto it still playing the guitar and all all 15 of us there's no one else in the audience carry him around in a procession throughout the entire empire state and we're all like no one can understand him everyone's drunk bob log is like attached with cords to the amplifier and we're all like freaking out carrying him and like if one person leaves we're gonna drop him (laughs) because there's not enough people at this concert and he's like singing it's awful it's noisy there's flashing lights the like the noise and the visions are like not hooking up and then we like have to like drop him back onto the stage and it's like so precarious and he like slides out the raft goes flying his microphone telephone like falls off he like gets it back on his mouth and then he says something to the effect of like you know you did that right when all the chords on your guitar are fucked up and (laughs) he broke wait a minute three of the strings on his guitar how can he see i don't know and that he felt like he was going to throw up or something like that. Oh, good. That good. That's one thing to barf into. Yeah, a microphone, yeah, 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 yeah. Microphone, yeah. telephone, yeah. telephone. Jesus. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Mm-hmm. That was probably of my... Um, actually, yeah. That was like a great... That was just a great moment because I feel like everyone there was like so down. It sounds like something that would happen at Flipside. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Flipside, the Texas Burning Man Hippie Festival. And I figured out, I was like, the reason that no bands play there really is because you should lug all this shit out to the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. And if you're not getting paid for it, why the fuck would you want to? You know? <laughs> so there's that. There's that. Flipside. Flipside is its own interesting Texas microcosm. Um, I owe my whole introduction to radio to Flipside. Yeah, that's You right. know, um, I had gone to a few burns, and I'm sure I've said this someplace along the podcast, but I've gone to a few burns, 
And somebody was like, have you ever heard yourself talk? And I'm like, why the fuck would I want to hear myself talk? And they're like, listen, you're really funny. I'm like, so what? Like, what? And they were like, listen, there is a radio station in an army bunker in the middle of the field. And they usually go to Flipside and you have to go. And I was hellbent on it. And it was all I fucking cared about. And I had zero editing or sound or radio experience whatsoever. And I spent a month curating a playlist. Nothing fancy. I wasn't like using... Um, you know, Pro Tools or any 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 sort of, like, real thing. But I just sat on Spotify for a month combing through music. And looking back on it, it just shows, like, the progression of things. Yeah. Like, I'm so much better now. Like, I did a, re- a pre-recorded version for Digital Flipside because of this coronavirus. Yeah. So you just do the whole thing from home. And That's it was, like, next level finesse do are you in comparison a bit proud like are you proud of the first playlist that you created do you like still i do i still have it yeah i still have it It, mainly because like my motive was correct like i just really fucking love that type of music that i put yeah and i really carved a niche for myself because i knew that those hippies are either listening to like fish or like EDM yeah. or like like I was gonna throw up because I didn't think I could do it. Like I still wrestle with my self confidence in a terrible way. And I didn't think I could do it. And um wish we call it. There there was a guy with a kazoo. I don't know if I said this. But there was a guy with the kazoo, and he was on before me mm-hmm. for, like, an hour with this fucking kazoo. Like, I mean, like, literally playing, that's exactly what it is, literally playing a kazoo. And now I'm obsessed with that. that Do you know him? No, I'm just, like, obsessed with the instrument. Because of the fact that this guy was able to toot his own horn for an hour while I'm trying not to fucking throw up. I was going to ask, like, when you saw that, were you like, oh, man, like, I got a big act to go after? Or were you like, nah, man, I got this? No, I was like, fuck. Fuck. I was like, this is for psychopaths. Like, what am I doing here? Like, this whole fucking... And mind you, I'm sober the whole time. And I'm like, this is crazy it is almost three o'clock in the fucking morning nobody's going to hear me i'm i'm just gonna fuck this up left and right i don't know anything mind you seeing everybody in their like 60s and mid 50s and early 70s doing whippets really clears the judgment zone i was just gonna say that i was you know i was like oh all right so we're 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 good (laughs) Okay. And I went and I did the set. Mm -hmm. I went and I did the set. And it was mind-blowing because when you grow up thinking that you are invisible. Or you feel invisible. And then that somebody is actually out there literally listening to you. Mm. You can't. There's no... I'll always be chasing that high. Mm -hmm. You know? Like there's nothing more trivial on this earth that happens 
until I go behind that mic, until I go and put those headphones on and go in the studio, or if I edit the podcast or whatever. So that's why I kind of wanted to like get together and um, talk music with you because it, it is the uh, unifier of people yeah. in a way, you know. And then you told me that you had another... You went and saw Fleetwood Mac? Was that no, it? No, I was telling you about... <laughs> this is really... Okay, so, like, the beginnings of my, um, like, dip into music. I'm still very confused about music in general. And Why? Like, I don't really know artists, and I don't really know genres. I can't retain that information very well, but I think that I like a lot of different types. Right. Uh, but I am heavily influenced by my peers at different times in my life. So right. right now, I would say like you and John and Izzy and Claire, my room, everyone Claire that I'm with magical. is like, right. you know, I'm inundated by their music and right. then I adopt it as my own. I'm just a giant appropriator right. of music. Um, but um, when I was growing up, that was really my mom who is. A very complicated lady. Right. Um, but one of the first concerts that I ever went to was a George Michael concert. Um, nice. For the ages, man. It for was so... I cannot, I'm actually very proud that that's you should my be. first concert. You should be. I mean, most people don't say that. Mine wasn't that <laughs> rad. Mine, my first concert was this fucking emo band. Uh, in New Jersey called Hidden in Plain View, mm. I think. Uh, they were opening up... We had crushes on the guys in the band, and they were opening up for uh, Dashboard Confession. Oh, my God! So... Yes! I got into the punk thing at CBGB's mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But my first, like, spectacle was driving out to New Jersey to go see this fucking band. That is cool, though. You know? And it's not, like, anything of merit, that clip of time when New Jersey was cool for 2.5 seconds (laughs) in the early 2000s. George Michael is an icon. Oh! For all of the shit that he did before it was cool is next level. Yeah. It's next fucking level. Like... Really, for all of the stuff that he was known for, and you know the bathroom thing was was its own. Yeah, I know. I know he's also a complicated man, and uh, this concert was. And he's Greek too. Yes, he's Greek. I was going to say he's Greek. What a Yorgos. Him he's having Greek his name. sexual revolution, oh, and yeah. he he had this album that came out. And I don't, I forgot this, I was obsessed. My mom and I and my brother would drive to California every, because we're from there originally. From Texas? You would drive? Houston. No shit. My mom would drive 22 hours straight on this road trip. We would like leave at 5 a.m., like low-key pee in bottles. We would put Hank the Cowdog on as an audiobook, but also she would put on like Macy Gray, all six like superimposed like Michael Jackson CDs of his like greatest hits. Oh boy. Uh, George Michael, um, all of the CDs, all of Queen. Um, all of Joni Mitchell. Right. She was a legit PM bottle. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if you got to like the last five hours where she was like, no survivors. 
<laughs> like she would fuck you up if right. you, and then she would drive straight to the beach right because it was 20 a straight 24 hours later so we would arrive in the morning because we had left in the morning right she would drive straight to the beach she would open the car door she would get out the towel and the boogie board and Austin and I my brother would like right. go straight into the beach and be like Bleh! and boogie board all day while she just passed out right like in the sand right for, like eight hours which is the way <laughs> yeah That's the way idea. but yeah, she had this like really funny kind of, she just was her her music was always that's where I like got, got my first taste. And no shit. she we had recently moved from Houston to Dallas, so mm-hmm. she didn't really have a lot of friends yet. And I didn't really have a lot of friends yet. Uh, but she had bought in the hope that she would have made some funky friends, bought four tickets to George Michael for her and her three other friends. Right. Um, everyone that she knew that that she invited canceled. So her thought, I know. So her thoughts were like, instead of selling these tickets, I'm going to take my nine-year-old daughter right. and my nine-year-old daughter's one friend. One and friend. then I'm going to scalp the ticket, the right. extra ticket, and then we're we are just going to sit next to this person <laughs> the whole time. And so we, it, my mom's a terrible planner, bless her soul. But we arrive at the concert. She doesn't have a plan to like. She hasn't sold the ticket yet. It's like the la- We're already late. Me and my nine-year-old friend, who also has never been to a concert and who has no idea who George Michael is, and whose parents had no idea who George Michael was, who were also kind of conservative, so if they did know who George Michael was, would probably have been very confused, uh, show up, and my mom kind of like sees this man that's like straggling near the venue. I'm gonna make this man's day. There's no indication that this man is intending to go to the concert. He's just around. Around the vicinity and she accosts him mm-hmm. and he is already drunk like I don't know who it is <laughs> he, it's like 3 p.m. and this wh- man what is like venue was drunk. this was this in Texas or this was, was in, in Dallas it was in Dallas so it must have been like the American Airlines it was a big-ass venue like so theater. American Airlines Center some, right. something big it was stadium so, so she's so, sir and sure. she just like gives him this free George Michael concert ticket and she's like I'll see you there and then we rush inside and then you know we go inside we get like our our sour patch kids because we're nine and our like uh, slurpees and we settle down and everyone else there is 60 or like 45 year old women we are just like queer community just like nipples mm-hmm. out yeah, of course. everyone is Rightfully like ready so. and um, then all of a sudden the man that she gave the ticket to comes stumbling in and he is like a Long Island iced tea and he has already removed his shirt and so there's like in in the in our row is just like my mom the strange man and then like us and then like all of this like hypersexualness like happening at nine at nine and george michael ends up being like two hours late to this his own concert because he can be because he's george michael because he's george michael and i he opens with the song the song that i was obsessed with was like i think it's called an easy Easier affair. Okay. Okay, look it up. Everyone who listens to this should look it up. It's a fabulous song about him coming out. It's just like him coming out. And it's just early 2000s. It's almost like Macy Gray's sexual revolution. 
sexual revolution. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. That's like George Michael's, but in like George Michael fashion. Right. Um, and he, he like opens with that. He's old. He's tired. He's two hours late, but it's still fabulous. Everyone in there is, because he's two hours late, wasted. Yeah. That, and then he's saying, my favorite is, of course, Faith. Gotta love Faith. Oh, and Father we Figure. All love it. And Father Figure was just, like, obscene. It was just, like, the best. obscene. The best. My favorite was Fast Love. Oh! It's like a one-night stand. <gasps> you know, it's just, so like, busting good. it and going. So type good. Thing. Um, mainly because the video was on consistent rotation on MTV. Oh, my God, yeah. And I didn't have cable, but my grandmother did. Mm-hmm. So, I, you bet your ass I sat in front of that fucking <laughs> thing for nine hours. Nine hours, you know, and obviously I would wait for that video to show up where they're all like in latex with these like mattresses on the floor mm. and the fucking hair dryer. Mm. Yeah. He, oh, yeah, I feel like there was like a lot of hair dryers like in his music videos. Yeah. Like there was just like I don't know why. I don't know what the I guess he was really is. trying to tap into that hair. crowd. He has really great it's hair. great hair. Yeah. I mean, all Greeks do, myself included. You do. But. That's not why we are here. <laughs> I feel like it's worth a mention, though. I want to what? Bu- how great my hair, hair is yeah, that yeah, nobody yeah. can see it you on this motherfucking podcast. Kindred absolutely. Spirits. Yeah, absolutely. Do you? Um, because I actually have found that my favorite concerts are ones that I um, like are kind of unexpected and unplanned. There's little expectation for, and then I'm by myself at. Do you... What do you mean? Like, when you go... Like, the, Like, okay, so Bob Log was, like, really unexpected, and, like, I had literally no expectations for it, and I was kind of by myself for the right. first part of it. Or, and it was a very individual, but then it wasn't. Right. Um, but then, like, my other favorite concerts, to go back to... I know John already talked about South by Southwest, but I volunteered when I moved here my first year. Big mistake. <laughs> It was real. It was a lot of volunteering. Oh, I bet it was. They, uh, they run you into the they ground. They run for you that. into the ground. So, like, you work. You know, if you are working nine to five, right. you can sign up for a six to two a.m. shift. So you work like sixteen hours oh, a day right. for like and a week straight, right. and you kind of miss out on the all all the shows you actually want to see, see. Of course, but you do work. They put me in the experimental music venue. Sure. Which, in and of itself, that's a story. But I got to escape. I told them that I was going to get dinner. And I went to Flamingo Cantino. And I noticed, because I was really stressed out, because South by Southwest is just enormous. And the past thing is, I don't understand it. Sixth Street is, like, just diarrhea of people. Of people everywhere. But I had seen that this one band that I had listened to during like a really formative year where I was like um, I don't know I was away from home for a very long time I was living in a different country and I was like very lonely but I was also made friends with this group of people that like taught me a lot and I learned from them and I was also like kind of heartbroken because I was like um, I was like figuring out my own sexuality and it was like a whole thing right and, and this band this, helped you get there? Yeah, we all, like, it? as a group of us, like, live, it kind of formed a community together right. throughout these couple of months. And, like, they showed me this band. Um, I was living in Morocco, and there was, like, I was introduced to a lot of, um, this band was Sudanese. It's, they're a, 
two sisters from Sudan, but they live in Brooklyn. Is it Chinari Wen? No, it's Al Sarah and the Nubatones. Okay, no. And I'll look that up. They're so good. I they're they're I don't know. I like just walked into Flamingo Cantino, and I think Al Sarah is the main singer, and she was there looking fucking magical like an angel and everyone in there and the sh- it was like people who are experts at music i right. don't know that like she like, it just seemed like everyone that was in her band and her took it so seriously and they just seemed like experts at what they did and it was so professional but so free it was like this weird amazing um controlled expression of creativity nice where it was just kind of the most organic but um you could tell that there was so much skill behind it and i went there and i was by myself and i remember i was also feeling lonely because i had just moved to austin and missed everybody and right you know was at the tillery house which was like a crazy experience and it was like really fun but also very new to me right i I ended up just like having like a small cry fest in the middle of this really crowded Flamingo Cantino, but no one noticed because it was so full. God, I miss that. I miss things being full. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but um, it it was so full you could be anonymous, but it was also this like we were all, it's music that you kind of move to because it's very drum heavy. Right. So everyone was like moving their body in the same way, so you kind of were like forced. You didn't even have to try. Everyone was just like wait like a wave together and so it felt like i could disappear in this crowd right um but also not feel as i felt less alone than i had my like few months that i had spent in austin at this like because of this like beautiful woman and her oh i bet it was so good i mean for me i've been going to shows my whole life Mm. by myself um, I didn't realize how taboo it is to go to a show by yourself yeah. until somebody told me. Like, you don't know it's wrong. It's almost like being abused. You don't know you're being abused until somebody tells you that you're being abused. Mm. And I didn't know any better. I mean, I was older than a lot of my friends, and a lot of my friends who were older than me were already participating in their own walks of life Mm. so i figured well if you want something done you got to do it yourself and i would just go because like nothing was going to stop me from Mm. that fucking band Mm. nothing there's no point you know so i've been going to shows my whole life by myself and then when i moved to austin people were like you're gonna go by yourself mm. what do you mean yeah you're gonna go by yourself I don't that's know crazy and i was like why the fuck is that crazy mm-hmm. you know and i actually had to re-initiate myself into going to shows with large groups of people and it was bizarre you know and i had to relearn all of that shit Mm -hmm. do you like do you prefer that i do yeah 
I really do. Because it's like there are certain moments in music where both of you know the song. Yeah. And I just need physically grab someone and scream the lyrics in their face mm. as if it's written about them. There is a cathartic thing about it, whether it's the saddest song ever written or the happiest three chords of your life, it doesn't fucking matter. You just need it. You need yeah. that physical interaction between you, the crowd, the band, and your fucking homies, mm. and you just need to, like, shake them, <laughs> and they need to shake you, yeah. and then you shake each other, and you just absolutely lose your shit. Yeah. And then the song's over, and you're kind of, like, semi-depressed because you're like, fuck, and they've gone into another song. I feel like there is this, like, real pregnancy that happens, like, for certain lyrics at certain times, where there is this potential energy where you must get out all of the, all of the, like, all of the things that that song has ever made you feel if you're in a live music venue with someone that you have any sort of feeling about, whether it's, like, friendship right. or you've shared a memory. You, you vomit it onto them. Onto them. It's this Absolutely. weird, like, portal Absolutely. that opens up, and you're like, right. this is my, this right. is my, like, this is right. how I'm gonna commute, and then it just is gone the right. next second. There is, there was one time that this, this band called Woven Hand covered the Gun Club, and I am just so exhaustingly obsessed with the Gun Club. And I, I have the set list in my house somewhere. But they covered the Gun Club, and like once I heard the chords, I didn't even, just once I heard the like notes to the song, um, chords are like, I put two and two together, and I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, they're covering the Gun Club. And mm. it was like freezing cold. It was like last January, and all I wanted to do was see the band Woven Hand. Mm. So now, I was going to go see the other band too because they're great, but I really went there for Woven Hand. I really went there for that and I fucking lost my shit. Absolutely lost my shit. And I was like falling over the rafters. We couldn't scream loud enough. Yeah. I had to make sure that they knew that I knew every fucking word. <laughs> um, I had to make sure that they saw me, Yeah, you know? And I had to make sure that I wasn't cool. And I was just literally... <laughs> it was like the blob. I was just <laughs> over the rafters. Just literally just spewing, falling out of myself in January. Thank you very much. I can't feel anything. And I'm clawing, clawing at the lyrics because I know that this is the gun club and then Woven Hand covered the gun club and I don't think they planned it, but they did it anyway. Mm. And it was fucking great. And even if they did plan it, you know, and all these like stoner metal, stoner metal stoners are just stoned and they're all just like, oh, that's cool. Mm. You know, it's, it's like uh, music has its own cult group. Yeah. So if you know the band that I'm talking about, I was looking in the audience to see if somebody else got it. And then we just start screaming, you know, like literally absolutely fucking losing it. So that was, so there's that. I feel like concerts are also like where strangers make, like, they fall in love briefly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Absolutely. Absolutely. It doesn't matter what you are. No. You just turn around and if someone is feeling the same thing that you're feeling, you feel so seen. So and so loved. And so, so understood. Yeah. And and spoken for. <laughs> and validated. And, uh, yeah. Just absolutely fucking validated. It doesn't matter. The curtains are there. It doesn't drawn. matter at all. No, I agree with that too. I keep banging this on the fucking... Uh, I keep banging it on the table and it... it 
reverberates so loud when you edit it. Oh shit. Oh my god. So I'm just like, Jesus Christ. So I'm learning how to edit and stuff like that. That's really cool. Yeah, so if you all are listening, I I ask you to bear with us as we figure out how to edit and make this an experience for you because it is certainly an experience for me learning how to do all this shit so I'm grateful that you are that you are listening and that you are you are out there doing whatever it is you do getting through the day. Cassidy, thank yeah. you for being here. Oh my god, I loved it. I'll yeah. talk about music with you anytime. So this is Loud as Love with Lauren Darcy and I had my friend Cassidy here. Uh, and so that's it. That's the episode. Thanks you guys for listening in.